As I share this morning, I am going to let the children go. As I share this morning, I want you to be thinking about our praise and worship. I want you to think about our donuts. Did we have donuts today? I didn't even make it over there. Anyway, um, our announcements. Why announcements? I used to hate announcements. You know, it just wasn't very spiritual. But really, it's good. It's a good thing. And, I, and I'm enjoying them more and more. And I can see how they fit into the whole church structure and how we need to be informed and we need to communicate. And sometimes that's the best form. And if you're only going to announce, if your announcement only affects three people, just call them. Right? You know, there's some practical things. But there's a central issue. Children, you may go now. Thank you. You may go to your classes. There are people who actually give of their time to prepare, to coordinate the preparation, to serve in sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in whatever form to these kids. It's big. It's important. It takes time. It takes a passion. It takes a vision somewhere beyond ourselves to serve in such a way. Especially if you have kids. I got kids. I got kids 24-7. I don't need any more. Well, you know, if God gives you opportunity and moves you, you know, help support these gals as they as they serve. And you guys can do that too. Nick Kniep helps often, doesn't he? In Delina's classroom. <coughs> Anyway, it's good. And, it, and it's all connected to why we do what we do. And ultimately, ultimately, it's about the gospel of Jesus. Everything that we do, every financial decision, how we arrange the chairs, what we serve on Sunday mornings, everything, I'm leaving out a host of things. You know, the missionaries we support, um, the small groups. Ultimately, they have, to, they have to fit into the vision of the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved. Amen? I mean, there's, there's more. But it ultimately all has to filter in this. How does Sunday school support that? Oh, man. All kinds of ways. Train up a child. You know? You have, you have a mass of people coming alongside you as a parent. You are responsible for your children. Let me just make that real clear. Sunday school is not responsible for your children. Are you with me? You are responsible for your children. And ultimately, you hold them like this because they're really God's. And you only get them for about 18 years, hopefully. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully you get to share with them your whole life. And so it's all centered around. So I want to talk about kind of the bedrock of the church. What is the foundation? Why do we even have church? Why is there a family of God? And why do we coordinate meeting times? Why do we do some practical things? Uh, Ultimately, it's to share Jesus. 
in whatever form is so you and I can grow in our faith in Christ and so that we are confident in who we are in Jesus. Right. And so when people ask us, you know, what is it about you that you're confident and that you're ready to give an answer, that I'm ready to give an answer to my lively hope. Amen. So. If, if even my preaching or the songs that we sing doesn't somehow augment that or support that or encourage that in you or in me, then, then we're not doing our job. Or perhaps you're not listening. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's culpability all the way around. But it's important. It's really important. I mean, we honestly... We honestly do try to make financial decisions based on that and, and, and filtered through that, that grid. Sometimes we don't get to make some of the decisions we'd like because there's not enough to decide over. But like right now, there's, there's, it's good. It's healthy. We're healthy financially. And thank you all for being faithful in that area. <clears throat> but we want you to know that we want to pray over those things. We're just not doing it frivolous. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, that wasn't in my notes. So I want to start. It's probably going to be a series, but you know me. It may be. It may not be. <laughs> but I'd like, I'd like to talk about basically examining ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Looking at our lives. Not navel-gazing, but being honest. You know, I preached a couple of Sundays ago out of the latter part of 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> and prior to the verse that, that I was preaching from, <coughs> which I think I made some chronological <coughs> uh, errors, but uh, it, it talks, Paul talks about, you know, look, look at your life. You know, check it out to see if you're in the faith. Just take a look, because there's something that happens when you're born again. That changes you forever because you're born again. You're new. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. So we look at ourselves and say, have some new things come? And hopefully you can say, yeah, you know, I used to. But now I now I still do this sometimes. But, you know, there's hope. You know, if God can change this in me, he can change that in me. You know, or he can give me the strength, the fortitude to work on that. You know, not that we can do anything in and of ourselves because we can't. Without his grace, it's impossible. Right? Amen. But with his grace, it's very possible. In fact, you're destined to produce the fruit that your new DNA controls, provides. Initiates. Are, are you with me? So that's the bedrock of what it is. So my first part in this series, boy, I'm going to really stick myself, is confident. Confident. Unless we're confident in our relationship with the Lord, we're confident in the Lord, we're not going to move on to anything. Are you, are you with me? And so we're going to start with confidence. So here we go. I'm certain, but I'm not sure I'm convinced 
that I'm confident. I'll read that again. I'm certain, but I'm not sure I'm convinced that I'm confident. You know, for some of us, that's too real to even laugh about. Because we are born again. Most of the people in this room are born again. If you're not, today can be your day. It's that simple. It's always available. His salvation, He is always there. He came 2,000 years ago to complete something that was already in the heart of God way back before the foundation. Are you really? Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's awesome. And, it's, and any time is a good time. But even for some of us who have walked with the Lord for quite a long time, there are those times when our confidence wanes. You know, we're just, we're not sure, you know, maybe we did a little something. Maybe we said some things, maybe we acted in a way, maybe we succumbed to fear, maybe, maybe, and add in your own thing. That all of a sudden, the evil one comes to you and says, man, you, you, you've blown it now. You can forget it. Your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can just, you know, hang it up. And depending on your definition of that, which is a great discussion, but not for here right now. You can do it in your small group. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) But that doubt comes or that, you know, just the assurance is kind of shaky. It wanes a little bit. and, And actually some whole movements capitalize on that whole fear and and condemnation and, and thing and you know and they they fill the the plate you know the offering plate and they they fill the 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 altars you know every sunday because you know it's like you got to get saved again because you said this word and all this and it's like whoa 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 what does that do to your confidence it just shoots it to out the window <laughs> Great recovery. We have the opportunity and the gift and the grace and the love from a Heavenly Father that just stimulates confidence, not arrogance, not pride, not selfish pride, not manly pride, but confidence, security. Are you with me? Isn't that good? And when we know that, it affects everything. Everything. All the decisions we make. All the, all the way we act. The way we posture ourselves with other people. You know, he's, we're not timid. We're going to read some scriptures. Oh, and the, and the words of the songs were just, man. Oh, I was, I, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, could, I could do that for hours if my voice didn't give out. I mean, I, and then I could just play. Until my fingers gave out, then maybe my voice would recover, and then I could. <laughs> I'm glad somebody thinks I'm funny. Anyway, <laughs> Gabby's about like that girl, you know, when he said, a whole nother league. She goes, <laughs> really? That's, that's really corny. Yeah, it's corny. All right, let me read on. That may be true. That I'm not convinced that I'm confident. (laughs) That may be true with many things in my life. But there are some things that help us keep our cool when we're confident. I'm definitely calmer when I'm sure there will be enough money at the end of the month. 
Yeah, right? Or when I'm assured the family will have enough to eat. The power will be on. (laughs) The rent is paid. And the car is dependable. (laughs) I got to tell you, back in the day with four little ones, and the job would have made, uh, was it 535 or 635 or 6, it wasn't 7. You know, I mean, it was a different scale back then. But Kathy was at home with the children. I wasn't making a whole lot of money, y'all. And so that confidence in the Lord is huge. It's huge when I show up to work. It's huge when I face my children. It's huge when I face my wife. And men, you know how hard it is to face your wife when you are not sure that you're going to be able to provide. So, when I'm confident, it helps. It helps a lot. Those are all important things, but there is one thing that supersedes all of those. It actually affects our everyday security. Every day. Security, which affects our behaviors. And that affects our successes, our performance, our attitudes in every area of our lives. That issue, that one issue, is our eternal salvation. It's our eternal salvation. You know, and it's so easy as a church to get busy with our programs and busy with our organization and busy with this and busy with that. that we forget what's the bedrock of this whole thing. And it's the fact that God loved us so much. I'm going to read it. It is our eternal salvation. And you know what? A lot of people say, you know, every time we go to church, we just hear the same old thing, you know. You're a sinner and you need to get saved and, you know, and the altar is open and there are 18 verses of just as I am or whatever. But you know what? There's a focus that is correct. It may not be wholly effective in the way that it's presented or, or the fact that it's every day over and over and over again. But let me tell you something. I am convicted to have the gospel somewhere in there every time I open my mouth. Amen? It may not be the central theme, but guess what? It is the central theme. It is. In fact, you and I and everyone in this whole world is so important to God that He made that central. In fact, so central that He gave His Son. What do you mean eternal salvation? I believe we have an eternal soul. That lives on after our bodies, these earthly tents, and all that goes with it are dead, gone, or otherwise destroyed. So it's important to be convinced that our eternal soul belongs to the eternal creator, God. He has offered that identification to all who will believe on his only begotten son, Jesus. It is, now, it is for now, right now, and affects every decision and outcome in our temporary lives here on this earth. 
It is for eternity with God and His family in the heavenly realms. Wherever that is. That's a whole other discussion. Jesus makes this statement. Everybody okay? Okay. Good. Good. I'm okay. You're okay. <laughs> What's this? When you talk about eternal salvation, when you talk about an eternal soul, when you talk about redemption, when you talk about the hope, you've got to go to John 3.16. You just, I mean, you could do Acts 16.31, my dad's favorite. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's a pretty good one too. And there are a lot of other ones. They're supporting, but watch this in the Amplified. And we're talking about confident, right? We're talking about the central bedrock place. There's a word, there's a good word for that. The centric part, that central core. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he Gave. He even gave up his only begotten unique son. Y'all, we got to stop there for a minute. When we think world, y'all, we can't. We can, but it's, it's, it's too easy to focus on the past and all the people that lived and died. The present and all that are here on this earth right now. Or the future and all those who will inhabit this earth. But you know what? That is very true. But the truth is that all those people are made up of you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. He so loved you. And he so loved every person that God brings into your path of life. And so it's central that it's the only thing, your eternal soul is the only thing that was worth Jesus dying for. So shouldn't that be our, our center? Shouldn't everything revolve around that and flow out of that, including our time and our finances and our decisions and our Everything, our children, our families, our spouses, our friends. Because he greatly loved and dearly prized you. That he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, and relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost. And Tommy would say, waste your life, but have eternal, everlasting life. Y'all, that's good. That is really good. And that is what we're about. That is what small group is about. That, are you with me? That's what, it's, it's, it's all connected to that. It all grows out of that. And if it grows out of anything else, then we ought to can it. Right? Yeah. Join Kiwanis. You know? Rotary's good. I like Rotary. 
But why is the church different? Because of Jesus. And if we are not confident in the center of what the family of God is all about, y'all, we're missing it. We're totally missing it. We're totally, why should they greet? Maybe she hopes somebody will give her an offering. No! I don't know. You know. To be a man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What? No, this is it. Listen to, listen to John 3.16 in the message. I love this. This is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son. His one and only Son. And this is why. I love that. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Amen. (laughs) So if we respond to His invitation to become His child, join His eternal family, then we have that life. Beginning now. And we can... Be confident in the fact. We can be confident in that fact. In fact, if we are truly convinced that this is true, it will introduce us to his eternal kingdom. Are you with me? Where he is king and we are forever loved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we say, yeah. We belong to something much greater than this world. And so in this world of space and time, we have an eternal perspective that shapes every action we take and every decision we make for good. Every move I make, I'll be watching you. We ought to sing that. So how do, we, how do we know? How do we know? How, how, how can we be confident? The Bible gives us some confidence-building assurances. Let's read a few. You know, don't you love the fact that, that it was God's idea, you know, to inspire some folks by the Holy Spirit to write down some things that encourage us? That's good, isn't it? I like, I like that about Him. <laughs> you know, He knows that sometimes we struggle. You know, because he became just like us. So he's tempted in any way that we were, are, yet without sin. And, you know, he understands. He understands our frame. Um, and so he's, he's so there. I love it. Romans 8, 14 through 17. New American Standard. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So, can you tell? If you're being led by the Spirit, you can kind of tell, can't you? Because there's something in there. It's spirit. You can't see it. You can't see it, but you can see the results of it. That's what I call the fruit of the Spirit. You kind of see some results. You know, Paul talks about that, right? In Galatians, right? And in his letter, he said, For you have not received, listen to this, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, 
Abba, Father, we are in His family. Period. Exclamation point. Isn't that great? Oh my gosh. And watch this. This is a promise. Verse 16. I love this. The Spirit Himself testifies or witnesses with our spirit. In other words, there's some connection going on. And the Holy Spirit is speaking with our spirit. And, and He's saying something. He's saying something. And what does the Spirit testify? The Spirit testifies to Jesus, doesn't He? Isn't that right? So, so His Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Yes, that's you, that's me, we are. There's no need to question that. We can be confident in that fact. I'm a child of God. Not because I did anything you know, wonderful or that I'm amazing or anything else, but He is, he is amazing. And He's taken me from, a, from, a, from an alien, from a nobody, from a reject, from an outcast, and brought me into His glorious royal family. Hallelujah. And I'm confident. You know what? When we start making decisions and living out of that, it changes everything. It changes everything. And then our witness is effective. Right? Watch this promise that comes after that. Don't you love that His Spirit Himself, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit of God Himself, witnesses with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, watch this, heirs also. Inheriting everything that God prepared. Amen? Is that not amazing? Heirs of God. And watch this. Fellow heirs with Christ. So everything that belongs to Jesus is ours too to share. If indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. And all that means is hang in there. It's like what Catherine said. In the New Testament Christians, they weren't shocked when persecution came. They weren't shocked when Paul wasn't shocked when he found himself in prison. In fact, he was just praising the Lord. And then, obviously, some, a lot of the New Testament came out of that, of his having time to write and not go visit and all that. And isn't it good because it's not centered on where we are or who we are or how comfortable we are? Everybody Okay. It has to do with whose we are, no matter where we are. So how do we know? How do we know? There's a joke that Fred told me one time, and uh, so I'm going to tell it, but I probably won't tell it right. These two guys are talking and saying, you know, what's, what's the greatest invention in the world? What is the greatest invention in the world? I said, well, it's, it's got to be the telephone. It's got to be the telephone. You can be talking you know, here and somebody can hear you like in, you know, Timbuktu or wherever. So they say, no, no, no. No, it's the television. It's television, because you can look at it and actually see somebody that's like way far away. He said, oh, no, no. It's the thermos bottle. What? The thermos bottle? He says, yeah, yeah. He says, you put in something hot, it stays hot. You put something in that's cold, it stays cold. How does it know? How do we know? We know because His Spirit witnesses with our spirit. Amen? That was really corny, wasn't it? 
Oh, I loved it. Watch this. Second Timothy 1, 10 through 12, New Living Translation. And now he has made all of this plain to us by coming, by the coming of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, our Savior, who broke the power of death and showed us the way to everlasting life through the good news. And God chose me, Paul, to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. And that is why I'm suffering here in prison. I mean, it's why he's not complaining. He's just, yeah, that's why I'm here, you know. I'm joined you with, with you and your sufferings, and, you know, and I'm okay, you know. I'm okay. But I am not ashamed of it. I am not ashamed of it. I am never going back on the central... Central, central, the gospel, the message. Jesus, who knocked me off my donkey and changed my life. And I'm going to keep on talking about it because I'm not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust. I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure, confident. That he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him, even in prison, until the day of his return. Amen! Is that confidence? Is that assurance? Oh my goodness! His Spirit's witnessing with our spirits. We're confident in the gospel. And we're confident in the one who died for us. That he is going to be able to do this. Watch this in Philippians. One, one through six, New American Standard. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of, Je- of Christ Jesus, to all the saints. To whom? Yeah. To whom? All the saints. All the- I am enjoying this, by the way. I hope you're enjoying it just half as much as I am. And, and uh, I think the game starts like six o'clock or something. Anyway, so you're good. You're good. 6.30? Okay, well, I want it to be on time. Yeah. All the saints, all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, because there was some doubt about the overseers and deacons. Just kidding. All the saints. Grace to you. Oh, yeah. Bring it. Bring it. In fact, I sign a lot of my letters, grace and peace, because I just love that. Even my texts. You know, I don't do tweets. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace and grace. Ha ha. What's better than that? I thank my God in all remembrance of you. Always offering prayer. What? With joy. With joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. See? That participation in the gospel. See? All of us who are believers and believe that the family of God is important. That meeting together is important. That sharing the gospel is important. We're those people. From the first day until now. In other words, they weren't quitters. You know, they weren't giving up. They, amen? And it was valuable. The gospel was valuable. It's not just a convenience. It's not just hell insurance, as Tommy would say. It's so much more. Watch verse 6. Here we go. You're going to like this. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it 
or complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Y'all, be confident. Be confident. Be confident. God is like, is like the father in the prodigal son story. You know, you may mess up. You may not do everything perfectly. In fact, I could probably safely say that you probably won't do everything perfectly. But you know what? It doesn't mean that if you get hit by a car after you've done something like that, that you're going to hell. I'm just going to say it real plain, real plain. I'm telling you that that boy's father had that boy on his mind all the time. All the time. And that boy was still, still bore the name of his dad. And he was doing stupid. He really was doing stupid. But the father was so interested and so committed and so able to complete the work. Are you with me? That when he was sitting there in front of his picture window, praying and wondering when his son would have enough. When he'd given him enough rope, just like you need to do some of your friends or your children. Let them, boom. And when he saw that boy coming down the road, he didn't go, you know what? He deserves to have to walk and suffer and just think about a little longer how much trouble he's caused me. How much pain he's caused me. No! He ran out. How many, how, many over, how many over 60 have tried to run anywhere? He ran out and met him. And kissed him and put a robe on him and put the ring on him and killed the fatted calf and celebrated. This time, son who was dead is now alive. That's the father who loves us. The father we sang about. And that's what makes the gospel so amazing. And makes his grace so amazing that he loves you and me. And he loves all our weird friends, you know. And family members. And church members. You know, it's amazing. So I'm going to end with this. Romans 8, 37 through 39. Paul has been talking about some of the stuff they've been going through. And he says, none of this faith, this is out of the message. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I am absolutely convinced that nothing Nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic. I am absolutely convinced nothing high or low, thinkable or unthinkable. Absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Amen? I am absolutely convinced. I want you to be absolutely convinced that it will shape every decision, every behavior, every outcome of your life. Let's pray together. Father, you are so amazing. Your grace is amazing. Your love is indescribable. Your faithfulness to us is, is amazing. Your ability to keep us. Boy, we must be hard <laughs> sometimes. But you are so able and so desirous to do that. 
that you've given everything, that we are heirs to all of you and joint heirs with our brother Jesus. So, Father, I pray for each individual here that they can go with confidence in Jesus Christ. They will rely on, cling to, believe in. And because of that, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be evident and many will come to pick the fruit and benefit. In Jesus' name, who commanded us, just in case you can't see this one, to love one another. Amen. God bless you. See ya. If you need prayer, would like prayer, please, there will be people here to, to pray with you. Alrighty then. Go back.